Hey everyone, welcome to The Back Porch. I'm your host, Kylie Jo Silva, and this podcast is all about hearing people's passions, stories, and their purpose in a real and authentic way. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I wanted to take a quick minute and announce something pretty big in the world of The Back Porch. Uh, We got a website. That's right. It's official. www.kyliejoesilva.com. It's also in the notes, so you can click on it right on the podcast. So please go over there and check it out. You will find all of the episodes that are um, have been recorded since we started and a few other neat things that I think you will enjoy. Okay, that is all I had to share. I hope you already have a cup of coffee in hand and are cozied in. I think you'll really enjoy this episode of The Back Porch. On this week's episode, I have a gal that is a mom of four under four years old. Yes, it is crazy. Her life is a cool, amazing, crazy story all at once. And she does such a good job with sharing um, how God has put all of this in the works for his purpose. And it is a super fun conversation. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Please welcome to the back porch, Lindsay Benedetto. Welcome to the back porch. Callie Joe. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. We're actually over Skype. You're in where are you in Texas? Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Is it hot Dallas, still? Texas. No. We well, it's in the 70s this week. So we had a little cold front, as we like to call it, came through. <laughs> we kind of got into the 30s a little bit, a little oh. bit cooler. Um, but it's the temperature has risen a little bit. So, you know, we're all over the place. How long, how many years have you lived there now? Almost nine. Okay. And you moved down there for your husband's job. Yes. And we moved from South Dakota. So we came from the really, really cold to, and you know, in part, it's why we moved here because why not? Texas seemed like a great idea comparatively. (laughs) Um, And Tony's job placed him in Dallas. So we thought, what the heck, let's do it. Why Yeah. And so just for the listeners, you and I met, probably never hung out at USF. Yeah. I I went there for six months. So, and I know Tony from the football, from the football team, because I was one of the trainers for those short four months of the season. (laughs) But I feel like that was so, that was a long time ago. I graduated in my college, like it would have been 2008. It would have been, Yeah. 20 no 10 years it's 11 years since I've been there yeah oh bless it that is crazy yeah so it's kind of fun but then like you and I've kind of connected I think I just friended you because I was interested in your crazy life that's happening Mm -hmm. and everything else and it's always fun to just like it's always fun to creep on people you haven't seen in years well you're like what are they up to this is fun (laughs) I know when you see people adulting it's interesting people you knew or maybe didn't know in college and then I don't know. You see their whole lives change. It's really a lot of fun. I love social I media. Know. I know. I love it too. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let's kind of go into it. So you are a coach's wife. What mm-hmm. is his position like on the coaching team? 
he is the head coach. He's a head football coach and an athletic director at a high school in the Dallas Independent School District. Wow. So, yeah, he's been coaching for the last nine years. He's coached in various roles. He was an offensive coordinator for several years. Okay. Um, and this year is his first year as the head coach and athletic director. So, I mean, we're adjusting wow. to a way of life. How? Go Wildcats. <laughs> so it's, so you get, do you go to every home game with your kids? Oh, I certainly go to every home game. I never bring my kids. No, no. <laughs> never bring, you know, they're really too young at this point. Our oldest is four. Our middle turns three next week, actually. And then the twins are just over a year and a half. They'll be two in February. Um, so okay. when I showed up to game, if I showed up to games by myself with my kids, someone would die. <laughs> we wouldn't survive I, the stadium so I, yeah. I have tried to go to high school football games because it's like literally three blocks away from our house so we've walked down there this is gonna be a blast nope no it's terrible it because really never all they do is run up and down the bleachers mm-hmm. and yeah and I only have two I can't imagine having four kids <laughs> without your husband's help yeah, and mine go to bed so early that it's really not worth it. I have I've taken London. I took her to one football game. Um, she and Ruby, my older two, I took them to one football game this season, and London did great. Um, by the time it was the end of the game, she had like reached her limit. And Ruby, poor girl, she probably could have gone home at halftime. So yeah. it was a stretch to make her last the entire football game so yeah at, inevitably at every single game I show up at someone asks me oh where are the kids and I'm just like yeah they're not I left them at home with London um, and I <laughs> make sure nobody died so no I like to make jokes but yeah um no I usually leave them with a sitter we've got some great people in our Rolodex and so um so that's fun for me and I really do look forward to the years where Friday Night Lights will be a family affair yeah. It really is going to be so much fun. We just have to get through the young, hard years where I can sort of like let them run off and play together and do their thing and not worry about losing someone. Do you think um, four-year-old is harder than a three-year-old at this point? Oh, that is a unique question. Um, No. Well, they're just different kinds of hard, and it's weird. You wouldn't one year makes such a difference totally yeah. does though London has so much more emotional issues like, I, I think mm-hmm. she is intellectually she's real smart um, mm-hmm. and knows a lot of things is super helpful she's a quintessential firstborn so she's very helpful uh, yeah. she'll do just about anything that you ask her to do and she's really happy to help which uh-huh. is great but emotionally uh, she is um, testing her limits and realizing that it's hard to coexist with other siblings and to share and to use kind words. I mean, she's just, she's in a unique season in life. Uh-huh. Will I, I don't know. I feel like it will, it will be like this for the next 20 years. Probably. <laughs> until she's the gosh I don't know it feels like it'll never end but yeah yeah. well and she's a girl we all have drama forever 
That's so true. Even our, um, so we have one boy, we've got three girls and one mm -hmm. boy and he is real young, but I can tell the differences in their temperament and personality already. His between wow. the girls, he's rough and tumble and a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the girls are just emotional, <laughs> emotional. And really, I mean, I can't fault them. I'm just as emotional. I'm sure they got a lot of that from me and then also they're women. And so naturally, <laughs> There's some biological and emotional differences. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I know. We I have a so my I have a four and a two year old. Mm -hmm. And my four year old's almost five in March. Mm. And my sister has a five year old almost six in in December and she said four is the hardest year. Mm. That's what she told me. She goes, They have attitude, more attitude than they've ever had before. Yes. And and that's kind of what's been happening with my oldest, is I'm like, dude, like the other day. I don't know where he heard it from because we don't say this in our house, but he's like, oh, my God, mom. I was like, excuse me, son. <laughs> and then I told him, I said, Sebi, we don't say that. We say, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, or oh, my goodness. And he's like, oh, my goodness, mom. I'm like, well, now it's just cute. Like, now I don't know how to get mad at you when you have right. that attitude. <laughs> yes. You know what? I tried to explain to Lynn. She had to take a little break a couple weeks ago. That's what we call timeout time. Like you need to go. <laughs> you need to have a break in your bedroom. So when I went in to talk to her later, I tried to explain to her. I asked her, I said, do you know why you had to take a break? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, it's because you were being really sassy with mommy. And she was doing that attitude, talk back, stomping her feet, making like, like, dramatically sighing like I'm the worst person on the planet so I'm like okay well it's because you had an attitude with mom do you understand what I'm saying she's like no and I'm telling you I consider myself to be a pretty competent person until I tried to explain to her what I meant by attitude and I mean it, it broke down real fast because I'm trying to explain myself I'm fumbling over my words and at the end of it I'm like do you understand what I'm saying and she's like no I'm like okay forget it. You're in timeout and don't come out till I say it's time to come out. So it's really, I, Jeez. I've never felt so ill-equipped to do something than, yep. you know, parent a three-nager, four-nager with big emotions and lots of opinions. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm like crossing my fingers. Five gets easier. I'm mm -hmm. just like, please just be right. But my kid like, is kind of like London. He is, mm -hmm. my first one is very headstrong. Mm -hmm. He's like, the helper. Yeah. But like, he's almost like a number two child with the attitude. So like, I've mm -hmm. never figured out why mm -hmm. we decided to have another one after we had him. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, mm -hmm. we, um, <laughs> he is, yeah, I totally get it. But mm -hmm. we're in it. We're in the thick of it right now. Which we're in I can't imagine having four children under five years old, almost under four. She just turned four. Let's yeah. Be I mean, when the twins were born, London was two and a half. Um, yeah. and Ruby was 14 <laughs> months. <laughs> um, I remember people at church, um, when we, uh, when we had initially announced that we were pregnant with the twins and we were surprised as we were with all of our pregnancies, none of them were quote unquote planned. Um, but I remember yeah. some people at church, they would ask me, uh, they said, um, do you guys not know how it works? And I thought, wow, wow. <laughs> Okay. Uh, thanks for that. That's funny. No, we know how it works. And um, in our case, it was just a whole lot harder to not get right. So I, I don't know why that is. We love our kids for sure. But if yeah. I, I'm not sure that I would recommend it. 
(laughs) to anyone (laughs) to do it this way. So it's been um, challenging. It's been really challenging. But what what was your reaction when you found out you were pregnant with the twins? Like that they were twins. Mm -hmm. Not just pregnant. Because, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're you're freaked out when you, you know, but then it's like you find out it's twins and it's even more so. Yes, I remember. What were your and Tony's reactions? I remember going to my confirming appointment because I just knew I had I had a horrible morning sickness with all my pregnancies. And so when I was late, coupled with feeling really, really sick, I just knew it called my doctor. I'm like, I need to come in. I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. And so I went in. And of course, third time around, I just went by myself. I didn't need Tony to come with me. He was at work. Um, and so I just thought, I mean, don't worry about it. I know I'm pregnant. I'll just keep you updated. Um, so I went alone and the Sonotech, bless her heart. She was like, this is crazy. I feel like I just saw you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was here last year. Thanks for that. That's yeah. cool. Um, and she started making jokes. She said, there was a woman in here earlier this week who, um, her kids are really close in age and she just found out she had twins. And wouldn't that be so crazy? If oh my gosh. You were with twins. And I remember looking at her like, that's not funny at all. That is, <laughs> that's not funny. Um, so we chit chat a little bit more. I'm sitting in the chair and she's getting me hooked up. She gets real quiet. Doesn't say anything. The monitor at that point wasn't facing me. And yeah. she says, well, um, do you want to see the screen? And I'm like, yeah, show it to me. Let's get it over with. And as she's turning it towards me, she says, there are two babies in there. Oh, and I was like, I'm looking at the monitor. Like, this is a cruel joke. This is a cruel joke. I remember audibly sobbing, like face in my hands, um, crying. And she, she said, um, I'm going to give you a minute. And she <laughs> left, she left the room, left me by myself oh to my finish. Um, I was, I don't know, probably having a, an emotional breakdown, um, totally right. freaked out. So we finished up the appointment. I was in shock and I remember getting to my car and taking a picture of, of the sonogram picture and texting it to Tony. I didn't even call him. Oh, I haven't even <laughs> called him at that point or texted him. Cause I'm just like, I don't know how I feel right now. Uh, but I don't think it's very good. Um, so I remember <laughs> texting this picture and I texted it to him and he was like, is that, is that a cruel joke? And I'm like, no, babe, that's real. We I'm pregnant with twins. And he was like, this is a joke. And I'm like, that is my name. That's my name. And today's date in the corner of that picture, this is not a joke. Um, so yeah, we, we went through the, the five stages of grief. Um, and I know I'm making light of it. This is probably sensitive for a lot of people. I have, I know a lot of friends personally who have walked through infertility, mm-hmm. um, or miscarriage, child loss, stillborn. And so I'm making fun of my yeah. situation. And I realize that, um, in light, uh, I can make light of our situation, but it may come across as insensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what I have learned over time is that, um, a, a good friend of mine said this to me once. She said that, our struggles are similar in that I had, I've had four kids all unplanned. We always wanted kids, but it's all just happened really fast and it's been really hard. And my friend who doesn't have any children and has struggled to have children for a really long time said that our issues are like opposite ends of the same line. Um, And it all has to do with control. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that is a really fascinating way to talk about this because it's true. So much of my anger and frustration has been with a lack of control with feeling like my husband and I didn't plan for any of this. And it's been really challenging. And sometimes I think if I could have done it my way, I would have done it differently. Mm -hmm. And for her, it's about lack of control as well, because if she could have children, she would. And, and Mm -hmm. they tried. So, um, So, yeah, I say that as sort of a, I I would just want to make a disclaimer that I know Mm -hmm. there might be some people listening to this who think you should be more grateful. And I just want to say that as grateful as I am, the journey has not been easy. It's been really challenging for us. And although Mm -hmm. struggles are different, I think we can identify with each other in that way that things just haven't turned out the way, you know, we planned. Yeah, we can't, I mean, I'm doing a, a Bible study, right? Or not like a, like a Bible study journaling thing right now with one of my friends and about, about control. Mm. And it's really challenging because I'm mm-hmm. a control freak. And mm-hmm. so it totally like learning how, I mean, you learn it. It's a life lesson. It's never going to end. I'm never going to stop learning right. about letting go of control because we're not in control of anything. Right. And even tonight, my husband and I were in the car. We went and looked at a couple houses or thinking of buying and. I was like, all right, Lord, this is it. Darwin's like, yeah, but I mean, and then he kind of cut me off. And I was like, uh-huh. he's like, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, this doesn't have to be it. I'm like, I'm not saying it is. It's just nice to let the Lord know that we know he's in control. Right. Like, this isn't on us. We have to right. like yes. be okay with it if this isn't the right place. Or if it is, he's going to make it work out, you know? Yeah. And it's just yeah. little, it's, it's everything. But I think control is a humanity problem. I, I, I know a lot of people say, yeah, I don't really care whether or not I have control. And then others are like, yeah, I'm all about control. And I'm like, I just don't believe you. I actually believe that somewhere it's the human bent to desire to control and manufacture outcomes because we don't know what to do when we can't plan ahead or even if it's not planning ahead, even if you just want to be in control of your day, if you're someone who lives in the present moment, there's very little control you have over what happens to you, what someone might say to you or whether or not your kids are going to wake up sick or, um, I mean, we choose what we want to eat every single day, but that's about the extent of, of a lot of our choices. You know, we can control ourselves for sure and our behavior and our words, but, um, so control is such an interesting thing uh, to talk about because I mm-hmm. think it's it's an everybody problem. It's an everybody problem. I'm like being a mom, it's become way more apparent in my life mm-hmm. because the control of situations or you're going to go out and do something fun and you think it's going to go one way and it goes the exact, like mm-hmm. we were talking about the football games, it was mm-hmm. the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I it, I've always been controlling, but when I became a mom and a wife, it got worse because it was like, <laughs> but I want it my way and I want it the way I've always done it. <laughs> like that's right. how it's supposed to go. <laughs> that's right. I feel like my life mantra since having kids has been um, lowering expectations. Yes. And I am really trying to set the bar a whole lot lower um, because I think <laughs> yes. there's a lot of joy to be found there. There is so much more joy to be found when we um, when we're present with our people. When we stop, I mean, when the bar is raised so high, we're destined for disappointment and failure. And it's, um, I'm even thinking about, we just took family photos on Saturday. Yeah, how'd that go? (laughs) (laughs) 
it never everyone was crabby everybody cried and I'm sure our photographer was amazing she does beautiful work and I'm sure she captured some really precious moments but I'm telling you the whole 55 minutes that we were there <laughs> was like pulling teeth and we had such a great Saturday we're getting everybody ready everyone's had a nap they've had snacks like I've done all the things that I know to do to set us up for success Okay. Yep. Which I know, you know what I'm talking about. We do all yep. the things leading up to whatever <laughs> the actual thing is. And then you get there. I mean, it's, they're little terrorists. It's like, <laughs> they know, they know, like they know that we're trying to do a thing. And I'm just like, you can have ice cream. We can get Chick-fil-A. I will give you whatever you want. If you put a smile on your face yep. right now. And they just were not having it so even just this weekend I'm laughing about how like <laughs> I could have been so I didn't have to be as frustrated as I was and that's because my it's like a constant management of expectations uh, because I live in this place up here and I'm like how how do I bring it down to like a realistic level right. so that we oh can have fun I just want to have yeah. fun. so I gotta ha I gotta introduce you to my one friend that's like so good at that she mm -hmm. is a homeschool mom, so she's mm -hmm. with her kids all day long. Bless mm. her heart. And she uh, <laughs> she was just telling me today, we called each other, and she was like, so we went up, we went to family pictures, this, you know, I've learned, because she's the one I'm doing the um, con control Bible study with. So mm. we were talking about the control piece of it. And she goes, so we went and did family pictures. Mm -hmm. She goes, basically, I just asked my husband, like, you need to let, you need to, like, help me have fun with this. Uh-huh. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's a good thing to do. And then she said, we just went and played in a field. And every once in a while, the photographer was like, okay, let's sit down and take a quick picture. Mm -hmm. And so she got great, beautiful pictures. But she's oh. like, but she pre-planned. She goes, her second is a lot like you and I's first kid. Mm -hmm. Headstrong, emotional, right? She goes, I, she picked out her outfit. She goes, you know what I did, Kylie? I picked out a whole new outfit, brought it with me in a bag because I knew she was going to change her mind. And what did she do? She changed her mind. I don't want to wear this. Great, honey. Here you go. Like, she's like, I'm like, man, you had that on lock. Like, you knew exactly what you needed. Amazing. <laughs> I need to be more like her. <laughs> it's so true. Because I'm like, you are going to wear what I picked out for you. And you are going <laughs> to like it. We are not changing your clothes. I'm like, put a smile on your face right now. You should be more grateful. I mean, I'm, I am so ridiculous. I'm like the most ridiculous mom out there and I catch myself saying the dumbest things because yeah. I'm just like um Tony and I talk often about how our because London's siblings are so close in age to her she had to grow up really fast and so I find myself treating her like she's older than she is I mean she right. just turned four on September 11th and sometimes I'll, I'll say things to her where I'm like did that literally just come out of my mouth she is like three years old she right. just turned four and I'm acting like she should know better and do everything right, do all the things. And I'm just yeah. like, I have got to, you know, center myself. Um, and you know, God bless my husband, Tony, because he brings the fun. He sounds a lot like your friend's husband yeah. and nothing ruffles his feathers, not a single thing. And I'm deeply passionate. So, you know, my emotions are like I have high highs and really low lows. And when I, I feel like I'm engaging with someone who doesn't respond emotionally or with their feelings to a certain circumstance, it's hard for me to know if they care because I, I look at myself and I'm like, you know, if I'm upset or if I'm really excited or I'm just easy to read. Um, 
and my husband is just like, he, he, we fight about this all the time. I'm like, do you even care what's going on? He's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I care. I mean, of course I care. And I'm like, well, show me. You need to do something because it doesn't look like it. Um, yeah, but that's just we're such a good balance for each other. Well, he levels me out, helps me calm down. Our husbands sound very similar. Mm. He's what's your what's your enneagram and his enneagram? Okay, so I am a four with a really strong three wing. I actually missed mistyped myself the first Ooh. year that I was looking into the enneagram. I thought it was a three with a wing four. I'm not the other way around. Flip flop. <laughs> and I, my husband has boycotted the Enneagram, but okay. I'm almost positive that he is a one with a nine wing. Okay. So he is real black and white. Yep. Um, it's right or wrong. There is no gray space. Um, and he's motivated by justice and doing the right thing. But his nine wing is super fascinating. It's what totally levels him out. And he's just mm-hmm. like, Chill. I don't, yeah, he'll totally walk away from me in the middle of a fight or a conversation. And I'm like, what, where are you going? Where are you? We're not even done yet. And he's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm done with this conversation because we don't need to talk about this anymore. So that's been funny. Like, oh so what's the four, like, what's the personality type of a four again? I think we're called the romantic individualists. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I know. Does that sound dramatic or what? I mean, of course, we're but then a three, but isn't the three like the entrepreneur, the like achiever, the, uh-huh. yeah, the achiever, whatever, Entre- whatever, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I'm First. an, I, I'm an eight wing seven, mm. which is Interesting. like, I talked about this in my last podcast. Cause my, the girl I interviewed was also an eight wing, probably a wing seven. She didn't know what the wing was yet. Sure. So, but we had a great conversation because it was very real. Like there was no holding back, which I appreciated, yes. you know? Um, not that saying nobody else is, but eights are like, just very like, here it is. This is right. who we are. Like, we're direct. you know, very direct. Yeah. I thought I, I mistyped myself. I thought I was a seven wing eight. And then I looked more into the eights and I was like, oh gosh, I'm an eight. Like, that's kind of like, that was my reaction because yeah. I love adventure. I'm such a seven. I know I am in a, in that way, but mm-hmm. I'm not life of the party all the time. I'm not constantly you know, wanting to do whatever the heck I want to do. It's like, no, I like order. (laughs) Right. Okay. So do you feel like your, are your feelings more suppressed or do you have a low capacity for people who are super emotional and feeling driven? Like how has that played out in your eightness? So I, my feelings are never suppressed when Mm. you were explaining yours. I'm like, that's exactly what I do. I'm I'm, I think I'm more on the healthy side of an eight. I'm getting Mm -hmm. there. I'm not a hundred percent healthy, but I'm not that unhealthy of one. So Mm -hmm. that's why I think I've figured out how to share my emotions. Yeah. Um, maturing wise. And then, but like dealing with other people's emotions, I've gotten better, Mm -hmm. but it is harder for me. It is something I have to fight because it's, I I almost just want to be like, can you just not like, I'm just going to go, I can't handle this. Yeah. It's funny because it's like, I don't, I'm one of those persons like, do you want me to pat your back? Do you need a hug? Like, I don't know what to do with you right now. Right. That's kind of, <laughs> so I what have to really all these that. feelings. I don't know. So then my husband is a six wing seven. Hmm. So he is Mr. What's the worst thing that can happen right yeah. now in this room? And then he's like, but the fun, that's why, that's how we work. Cause we're both sevens. Our yeah. wings are sevens. 
Yeah. So we both love adventure. That's why we've moved how to how many times in the past five years. <laughs> like yeah. we just constantly like new things. And so that's, and we like hosting small groups and we like doing all that stuff. So that's like totally a social part of the seven, you know? So right. it's been, it's been fun learning. We yeah. read the six. Did you read the road back to you? I did. And I so listened we, to their podcast. I've listened to like yeah. every episode on the planet. Same, same. Yeah. So I, the six, when, when he listened to it and read it the first time, he was like, yep. 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 Like, in my head, this is exactly what I'm thinking yep. all the time. Like yep. It's just super creepy. <laughs> I know. You know, the Enneagram, I have sort of this love-hate relationship with it. I love it because I do feel like it's brought a lot of clarity into my life, and I value that. And I also hate it because it's so easy to get lost in this deep, dark, black hole um, where I feel like I suck. Um, because the Enneagram, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like one of those positive Jeez. personality tests where you're like, I am awesome. And this is all that I bring to the table. It really kind of exposes the ugly parts of, of who we are and how we're wired. And so if I'm not careful, I go down this, like I can go in a real quick downward spiral and I'm just lost in an abyss of yeah. self-deprecation. And like, I, if you have, I don't know if you've read so I know they have the levels of health for yeah. each Enneagram number. And I've read like the most unhealthy of my number. And it's pretty much like I'm a narcissist. And <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, am I unhealthy? Am I, am I that bad? Um, oh, so really, it's really funny. I mean, I know we all have unhealthy parts of mm-hmm. us and healthier parts of us. And the yep. goal is to operate from a healthy space for sure. Um, right. But I think it's, right. it's really funny to read that stuff because I'm like, this is bad. This is really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be this person. I tend to like, whenever I read those Instagram posts, like you follow these Enneagram people that come Mm -hmm. up with all those fun things and graphics. Mm -hmm. And I tend to always read the positive side of it because I don't want to read the negative side. Uh I'm so opposite of that. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to know what's bad about me. I just want to focus on the good stuff. (laughs) Which I feel like that's probably your seven wing talking. Oh, for sure. Suppression of of those negative hard feelings. Yeah. That's, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is why it makes it so much more fun to talk to people about it. Cause it's uh-huh. like, Oh, now I get you. I kind of yeah. understand where you're coming from. Uh-huh. Like I, yeah, I just wish I would have known my husband's Enneagram when we were dating. It would have made our life a lot easier back then. Cause I would have known how to figure him out. Totally agree. Oh my I God. Totally agree. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, yeah, so much fun. How long have you been married? Oh, we'll celebrate nine years. Oh, so you moved down there right after you got married. We did. We hadn't, we weren't even married a year. Um, oh, and yeah, we moved here, let's see, in the summer of 2012. Oh, it was summer. So, it was awful. The worst part was that um, Tony was accepted into a program called Teach for America when we moved down yeah. here. They placed us in Dallas um, and he had to do something called Institute for the entire summer in Houston. We didn't have a place to live yet. And so what ended up happening is he had to go to Institute in Houston that summer. And I moved to Abilene, Texas, which is West Texas and lived with my parents. So if you can, if you can imagine being newly married, not, we hadn't even been married an entire year yet. And then we separated Mm -hmm. for a whole summer and I moved back in with my parents. I had no job. I was like, what? This is probably the worst thing that, I mean, I was super, I'm really dramatic. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was such a challenging summer. We used to drive and meet up in Dallas, which is Mm -hmm. kind of the halfway point. And we would look for apartments every weekend. We would just 
meet up during his free time when he could get away and look for places to live. Um, and we didn't know anyone in Dallas, had no friends, no family, didn't have a church home. And, and that was a really, really challenging time in life for me because we had just graduated college. Um, Tony had his job right away. He yeah. had something to do and I was looking for work and I had zero work experience. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a degree, but I was like, I don't, what, what am I going to do? Um, I ended up nannying for a couple families, which is, it's a a fascinating part of my story because I nannied for two of my dear friends today. They, um, had three kids under the age of three between the two of them. And so I was, yeah, it was interesting. I nannied for them for almost two years and I really feel like it laid the groundwork for my literal life right now. Um, I learned the a Lord lot. was like, here you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, that was hard for me to graduate with a degree and to become a nanny full time for yeah, a couple that's years. True. I just, um, I had a lot of pride that I was working through at that time. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I look back when, when I reflect back on it, I'm like, it just all makes sense. The things that yeah. feel nonlinear in the moment are, I mean, it's, God's connecting the dots only he sees the fuller picture but every dot that gets connected along the way I'm usually able to say I get it that makes sense I understand so that's kind of funny right that's well okay so what was your degree in um English writing and I minored in theology so as basic as you could get yeah mine was communication studies I get you yeah it's like the basic oh my gosh Uh uh-huh Mm-hmm. They tried to tell us in my senior seminar, they were like, so, you know, communications is basically like, it's a blessing and a curse. Cause it's a blessing. Cause you basically can do anything you want. Yeah. It's a curse. Cause you can do anything you want. Exactly. And like, that's a lie. I can't go into business marketing. I can't go into this and this and this. Like, it was like, true. it's so true. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't have, without going to business school, you don't have the business acumen and credentials really to apply for some of those roles and communications. I mean, it's how we do life. So we, you could get a job anywhere with an English or communications degree. And it somehow that's not easier. It's not easier to have a million options Mm -hmm. and to try to figure out what area of expertise do I want to pursue? Yeah. What skills do I want to refine and hone in on So I'm totally with you. It was right. I don't know. I I got pulled into like event planning, project manage or project management, property management. Yeah. Kind of like anything, anything and everything that lets me talk a lot. And now Mm -hmm. I'm doing a podcast, which is way more fun. This is basically my whole thing. My whole degree is right here. Yes. (laughs) Which I love. I mean, people, I feel like I've read studies that say storytelling is um, the avenue to, to just about anything, to understanding people, to sharing the gospel. I don't know what your, your primary listeners faith background is, if they have one at all. Um, but something that my church has been, I'm talking a lot, talking a lot about the last few years is how to leverage our stories and get to know other people's stories as a way for having those meaningful gospel centered Mm -hmm. conversations because people, everybody wants to share their story. Everyone wants to feel known and valued and seen. Um, And so I feel like your platform is great. I mean, Jesus told stories. Yeah. 
So I think about that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you are welcome. The gospel is full of parables and stories um, that are really impactful, and meaningful. So I, I just cool. think it's really cool what you're doing. I love it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I um, it's been really fun because like I wouldn't ever just call you like this and have a conversation. Yeah. It's just like it's just that's just life. That's just what it is. But yeah. like it's just be able to have an excuse to be like, hey, uh-huh. let's get to know each other and talk for 40 minutes <laughs> like, yeah. and talk about whatever we want to talk about. I love it. Yeah. It's so cool. So you have been in ministry for how many years have you been in ministry? Cause you, well, I guess, is it from your church? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I've, my professional career is all ministry and nonprofit. So That's I, awesome. except for the two years that I nannied. Yeah. Um, but after that I worked at my church as an administrative assistant. I supported a couple different ministries, learned a lot there. I made a transition home between okay. my job at my church and polished ministries. They're a nonprofit mm-hmm. that I've worked for, for the last five years. And, um, I was really just a part of helping them grow the organization. I did various roles over time. Um, Most recently, I served as their director of development. So um, managed like all their donor relations and fundraising events, did some strategic planning. So it's been really, it's been really cool. I don't think a career in ministry is anything I would have expected for myself. When I was in high school, I thought I wanted to go to law school. I just... Mm -hmm had a completely different plan for my life. And so it's really cool how God has sort of uh, transitioned everything I thought I wanted for myself and given me something completely different. Um, So ministry and nonprofit life is, is certainly unique. Yeah. You have a really cool um, community of women that you like have surrounding you, whether that's through ministry or not, it's just mm-hmm. moms or whatever it is. Yeah. That's been like the most fun part watching your life on mm-hmm. social media is like how I think I reached out to you when I think that you guys had posted about Polish at one point polished. Yeah. And I was like, can we bring this to Minneapolis? That'd be great because yes. I like, we need something like that, you know? And I think there are other churches doing stuff. It's not that it doesn't exist, but I just love yeah. what like, the whole like just empowering women. Yeah. I don't care what ministry is doing it. You know, it's just really cool to have right. that exist. Like, that's awesome. And you have like really good friends through it. That's I huge. Do. I mean, yeah, it's my entire community. So Polish actually, they serve professional women. And so oh, it's yeah. a really yeah. specific niche. It's not, um, it, it's certainly a women's group, but it's for the working woman, whether she's yeah. got kids or not married not married. doesn't really matter where she falls in those categories. But um, the studies have shown that the only religious activity that has increased among women the last 20 years is becoming unchurched. Women have been leaving wow. the church in droves for decades and polished yeah. really attempted to answer why we, um, I mean, we've speculated and there are studies that are showing women have received a a real lack of emotional support from Mm -hmm. their local church bodies, um, but they desire to improve that area of their life. And so Polish kind of stands in the gap to partner with churches um, to help them share the gospel with professional women, because today's society looks different than it used to. Um, Women aren't aren't just staying 
Well, no, I, I want to remove just from that sentence. Um, mm-hmm. and women are choosing to pursue higher educational degrees. They're putting an emphasis on their careers longer um, than they used to. They're delaying getting married in life and having children. And part of that is the burden mm-hmm. of debt, of educational debt, that today's the uh, Gen X and Gen Y generations are saddled with more educational debt than any other generation before them. And so a two income household is how people survive. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone, but um, it's, it's just been interesting to get to know uh, my own peers. I mean, polished yeah. serve my peer group. They've certainly impacted my life personally and have learned so much being a part of the organization. And like you said, my entire community is yeah. working women who are a part of Polished. And I'm just so grateful for, for the people that I've gotten to connect with. Yeah, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, you, you have to recognize not everybody has that. That's just really cool to, to have that ministry in your life. Cause yeah, maybe I should just do something here. Who knows? We'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Polished is expanding and you can launch a chapter, any city, anywhere now. So there you go. Plug to Polished. I was hoping we'd do that. Shameless plug. There you go. So yeah, Yeah, go on the website, (laughs) polishedonline.org. You can read all about it. You can launch a chapter in your area if you're a working woman or you know a working woman who is desperate for authentic community. And uh, maybe she loves Jesus and maybe she doesn't, but that's the whole idea. She doesn't have to. Um, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. So Mm -hmm. I can't have one last question for you. All right. And I keep forgetting to ask my guests. The last two people I've forgotten to ask. So I'm going to remember this time. Mm -hmm. What is, if you had to pick like a five words or less phrase that you want to put on your mirror to see every morning, what would it be? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I feel like you might need to give your people that question ahead of I know. (laughs) I feel like some people would be able to answer it right away. Okay. Five word phrase or less that I'd want to put on my mirror. I think it would consist of something like, um, be good with you. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Be good with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of my personal journey this last year has revolved around accepting who I am and, yeah. and recognizing that um, I, I don't have to shape shift to to please or appease anyone. Um, and I think I've done that for the majority of my life. I've cared a lot about what people have thought about me um, or what their experience is like working with me or being my friend. And I think there's a, there's certainly a place for that to care about how we present ourselves to other people, but at our own personal expense, when we stop being our most authentic selves, I, yeah. it's when it becomes a problem. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of on my own, my own journey this year of being good with who I am. That's cool. Am. So that's, I just posted a verse yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. Um, Galatians 110 mm-hmm. had never been a verse I'd thought about. Mm-hmm. Until I was like reading it in a Bible study or something. I was reading a devotional one night and it was, it's just about my seeking the approval of people or of God. Yeah. Period. And that's kind of what I've struggled with too, especially starting something like this where you're trying to get a following and you're trying yeah. to get likes and whatever it is or listeners. It's yeah. like, God's just been reminding me that that's not what it's about. Like right. one person's imp- impacted by something. That's all that matters, you know, or if his yeah. word gets out there, 
that's all that matters. So yeah, I love that a lot. Be good with you. That's good. Well, thanks for being on. This has been good. It's been fun to like get to know you and like, yeah, you'll have to bring you back on and maybe we'll talk about something specific too, you know, jump into something else. Well, parenthood. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. I would love it. Thank you. This has been so fun. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean a lot to me. If you would like, comment, share, or subscribe, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Kylie Jo Silva. Also, please send me people who you think should share their story with the world. Thanks for tuning in.